Welcome to The Travelling Senorita, episode 161. I am back in Australia, in my hometown in northern New South Wales, writing madly away about all the incredible places we visited over the last couple of months. I think we did something like eight countries, beginning with Canada. Actually, it might be nine. Uh, we did the States, Canada, Greece, Turkey, Italy, France and Spain. I just lost count. Now, when I say the la, the well, they're all parts of. We obviously didn't travel all of the states or Canada, um, as you know from my previous podcast. We did the Rocky Mountains, Alberta area, and in the states we did New York and LA. And as with uh, Europe, we did um, the islands of the Med tour, and we uh, explored beautiful islands in those countries that I just mentioned but we were so lucky to be included on the cruise of Azamara that left uh, Barcelona so it it did its uh, 11 12 days of the Med the um, islands of the Med and then it in um, we disembarked in Barcelona but I say I stowed away <laughs> for the next leg because once I found out that it was a five-day quick turnaround cruise up to Monte Carlo for the Monaco Grand Prix, I thought, oh my God, I have to get on here. So I quickly pitched some stories um, to the great crew at Azamara, found out that there was still a room left and off we went to the French Riviera. Very blessed indeed. I will be doing more stories on the Grand Prix itself and that particular cruise because I think it's just such a great way to do a short five-day cruise that starts in Barcelona and finishes in Barcelona but takes in Saint-Tropez some sea days and then the magnificent uh, Grand Prix, which I think would be so hard to do if you are on land. Um, I did meet some people um, that were staying in Nice and traveling in each day. And then honestly, it's just really opulent and it's for the, it's literally where the rich and famous play uh, for that, well, most of the time uh, in uh, Monaco, but they also are there for the Grand Prix. So it would be super expensive to go there, stay, watch the race and play. What a great way to do it on a cruise that we did. It was actually like quite affordable, this cruise. Um, it was chartered per se from a company in South Africa, but there was also tickets available that were around about the 2000 mark um, for a five-day cruise all-inclusive, which also gets you um, a tender into the port uh, and then you literally walk around you can buy general admission tickets or you can go up onto the around the palace and around the gardens there and watch snippets of the race but definitely hear it it's just a buzz to be in the town so i would have a look at that cruise as far as affordability affordability goes um, particularly on the grand prix weekend because i can't see a better way to do it than to moor a boat and then take a tender in and then cruise around at your own pace and then come back and chill out on the boat so check that out folks um now that uh cruise also takes in saint tropez which i have not been to as either and when it's sailed in you definitely get the vibe that it is also a playground for the rich 
and famous. I believe Leonardo had just sailed out as we sailed in. Um, but again, with Azamari, you get to catch the tender in. Everything is taken care for you and you just walk around the streets of Saint-Tropez feeling as though you are part of the rich and famous. <laughs> no, you can just chill out in Saint-Tropez too. It's a gorgeous um, town. It's got a really nice local heartbeat, a neighborhood, green parks, old historical buildings, um, rows and rows of like uh, side streets, cobblestone streets that are dotted with beautiful boutiques um, and French patisseries and little bars and just a gorgeous, uh, you know, quaint, beautiful, pretty town on the uh, on the ocean, which is um, lovely to see. It's it's got a plethora of boats moored there, and I'm sure it would be it would cost a small fortune to moor your boat there because uh, they were pretty magnificent boats that were. Um, hanging out in Saint-Tropez, obviously uh, on, a, on a little tour around the French Riviera, Riviera on the way to the Grand Prix. So very decadent in style is the old Saint-Tropez. I was actually wearing some boots that I bought in uh, Barcelona that looked a little bit like um, cut off Wellington boots, which uh, I was walking around the streets going, wow, I think I'm the only one here that's wearing boots because everybody was just donning like stylish shoes and Jimmy Choo bags and yeah it's full of designers um, but it's also full of uh, artisans. I saw a lot of galleries there and jewellery stores, um, gelato and you can, yeah sort of place you just people watch, grab an ice cream and sit down at the harbour and check out the uh, you know <laughs> how the other half live or the other five percent. Uh, so Saint-Tropez is the first stop on the um, Grand Prix tour with Azamara and then you sail into Monte Carlo for two days for the actual Grand Prix. There's a day at sea and then you're back into Barcelona um, for that round trip. So when we arrived in uh, into Monaco I was like Oh, I just have always dreamed of being here, but I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be there for the Grand Prix. Now, I'm not a motorhead, revhead per se, but I do like the Grand Prix in Melbourne. Um, having grown up in Melbourne when that first started down there in Albert Park, it was always super exciting to walk around the track and hear the, you know, the buzz of the cars, um, Formula One's going around. But this was different again. You are literally sailing into one of the most picturesque places in the world, I would say, like mountain cliff tops with the, the incredible, um, you know, royal castle built on the hill there. That's all you can see when you when you sail in is this this, um, you know, imposing building that's just sort of hanging off the cliff face when you come into the harbour. Um, it's got such incredible history. Monte Carlo. I mean, you've got, you know, from Prince Rainer um, right back to all of his history um, and family, and then his family um, and marrying, uh, you know, the beautiful American actress Grace Kelly um, and her, him and her having three children, um, Stephanie and Albert and Caroline and Caroline being the oldest, um, and then her, you know untimely death which was um, interesting in itself I remember following this story because I just thought it was so intriguing that 
um, you know, this glamorous Hollywood actress marries this this prince, this French prince, and you know, and then she dies in a car accident um, on the windy roads of the most incredible, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, and her daughter was in the car with her, Stephanie. I believe she was around about 17 or 18 um, and survived, but it was just devastating for the family and for those children to be, you know, growing up without their mother, but also growing up in the public eye. So I do remember following this and and kind of watching the young Stephanie and how she maneuvered her way through the tragedy and the loss. You know, there was talk of her being the driver, there was all this speculation, but at the end of the day, she lost her mother at a very young age. It was a very public uh, world news um, event being an American, you know, actress and uh, marries the French prince. So I've always felt that this is a city of intrigue, history and you know, storytelling. And to be there in those streets, I was just pumped. I mean, when we hopped off the boat, you could literally just hear the buzzing of the F1s going around and the Porsche race was on and it was very, really loud and was the adrenaline was just pumping. Even if you couldn't see the race, it was just running through your veins. But I made, uh, I made um, a, a mark for the palace because I really wanted to be around the, the royal palace and to feel what it was like having, having kind of watched um, and learnt that story many, many years ago. Um, I just, yeah, I wanted to feel it. And I'm pretty sure when we got up there, because the guards all came and gathered around and I'm almost positive I saw Prince Albert in a swanky black car because he was heading down to the race to officiate that. Uh, but yeah, when you're walking around the palace grounds, you just kind of, you just get these feelings of stories that have passed of prince and princesses and, and the royals. I don't know, for some reason the English doesn't intrigue me, but the French, that French story really does. Um, I'm not a royalist per se, but that story has always captured my heart because there's just so many layers to it. Um, and you know, knowing now, I read up a bit more about it and Stephanie's children are there and Caroline's children are there and their middle brother, Albert, is, um, you know, is the prince, the reigning prince. So such a beautiful palace built into the headland um, and the gardens are just gorgeous around it. Again, with little cobblestone streets and lots of eateries and it's quite touristy up there, but still done in a tasteful way. I love the way that the gardens were open to the public and you could just walk through all the way down along the cliff face down to the second, the main harbour, which is where the race goes around. Um, and we got a bird's eye view of the racetrack from there, which was really fabulous. And I looked over and there was the most beautiful hotel on the corner, again, looking like a castle. Um, but you know, it, it was, I'm thinking, what is that hotel? And of course it's the Fairmont, um, which is one that I've been lucky enough to review in Canada. Um, I reviewed the Calgary, Banff and Lake Louise Fairmonts, um, and also Jasper. Uh, but I didn't realize that they had such a beautiful one on the French Riviera, which is actually the main sponsor of the race. So I quickly rang up my son and said, man, you work for Fairmont. You need to get your French 
you polish up on your French and come and work over here because this is just incredible positioning um, of that Fairmont there and the building is beautiful. You've also got the, you know, the, the, um, the James Bond per se casino up on the hill which is again a stunning building and then there's just a plethora of old buildings that just run down that hill beautifully. Um, and I just think it's such a gorgeous city and I can understand why it's uh, home to the rich and the famous. But having said that, you don't have to be rich and famous to explore the French Riviera by any means. But I do suggest you get a boat in, whichever way you do it, whether you've got your own boat or whether you take a cruise with Azamara, you'll find it affordable and a great way, as I said, to experience the Grand Prix at Monaco. Oh my God. What a trip. I'm so blessed and thankful to Azamara for allowing us to stay on, even though I did stow away. <coughs> um, yeah, no jokes. I uh, am really a big fan of everything they do. Smaller boats, destination immersion, local produce. And, you know, it's not a lower class um, ship carrier or a higher one. It's middle to upper, but it's affordable. When you do the math on uh, accommodation and transport, on land and food, you will find that that's actually a great way to see the world. And um, yeah, I'm particularly interested in the Mediterranean, the European side. So I hope you guys got a lot out of that today because that little like extension of five days was absolutely beautiful, something I will never forget. Thanks for tuning in guys, adios.